Hello, it's Jack Tutor here of Attention Magazine. Welcome to Crucial Listening, the podcast where I speak with musicians and sound artists about three albums that are important to them. My guest this time is Backwash, which is the performing name of Ashanti Mutinta, a Zambian-Canadian rapper and producer based in Montreal. Ashanti's new album, I Lie Here Buried With My Rings And My Dresses, came out earlier this year. It's absolutely relentless. Feels like it comes and goes in no time at all, but when you're in the thick of it, it seems to last forever. It's so intense, there isn't a moment of let up here. Lots of serrated, buzzing guitars, overblown productions. Ashanti is on full pelt for most of it. There are some incredible guest spots as well, from the likes of Ada Rook, Censored Dialogue. And the album comes on the heels of her 2020 album, God Has Nothing To Do With This, Leave Him Out Of It, which won the 2020 Polaris Music Prize. I love speaking to Ashanti. So infectious the energy with which she speaks about her important albums and her own music as well. I mean, she seems like someone who's just absolutely in love with music, and that's always such a pleasure to be in the midst of, especially on this podcast. So you can go over to backwash.com, that's backxwash.com, for more information on Backwash, you can go to attentionmagazine.co.uk forward slash crucial listening for all the links as well and really hope you enjoy this episode. I had such a great time during this conversation. This is Ashanti Mutinta, Backwash on Crucial Listening. reaches from Kishim, part of me starts to miss him, so part of me in this lyrics, the artistry that I'm given. Ghosted up in the matrix Almost like our ancients were posted up in this nation Maybe visit Rwanda or Botswana instead Cause these motherfuckers really don't want me until it's dead And these racist bitches up north like God don't love me, okay? I walk around in this bitch, and in my mind I will say Hello Ashanti, welcome to Crucial Listening. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the podcast. So you're here to talk about three important records, um, but we're going to start by talking about your latest record. Uh, I lie here yes. buried with my rings and my dresses, which came out in June. To begin with, I wondered if you could take me back to starting this record. I mean, if you can recall, what were the first elements of this album to fall into place for you, be that sonic or conceptual or, or otherwise? Um, I think I just wanted something that was a bit, that was kind of on the same uh, types of um, ideas, but just a bit harsher and uh-huh. stronger in, in terms of uh, just, you know, it's kind of like a, 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 a leveled up version of the record before, because the record before was, good, was like, all right, we got some ideas going on here. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see if we can uh, kind of expand on those ideas and make them stronger. And um, that's essentially the direction which I wanted to go with uh, I Lie Here. So um, those are the few things that was those are the first like few like, uh, you know, uh, I-, I can say uh, fruits that were planted. Uh-huh. And then, you know, just to playing with sounds and I wanted to use less samples on this one. And then I just started making beats because uh, most of my process starts with me making the beats first. Because it's like, all right, first you have okay, first you have the title that you get from like a horror movie and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Then then you start like uh, making beats to kind of fit this uh, you know vague idea that you have of the project, and then uh, you start writing and uh, you kind of connect everything together. So. Um, that was essentially the path that I took when uh, creating this. Nice. I mean, I heard you actually in an interview recently talk about how sequencing was like a really important part 
Oh, yeah. Albums generally. And, you know, since hearing that, it's made me kind of reflect a lot on how you've sequenced this one. I think the first thing that jumps out at me is having tracks two and three after the intro. So Whale of the Banshee, and then the title track being one after the other is quite a relentless thing to do in the sense that you've got the guitars that, um, in both cases, I think they're both in the same key, right, as well, but just these droning guitars that almost seem to like connect up to each other and have this continuous drone going out through both pieces i mean you talk to me about your decision to to do that i guess there would be i don't know if if someone else was was doing it there'd be maybe a decision to be like okay these two tracks have like i don't know a similar um tonal energy let's split them up but the decision to have them side by side is really quite something it's phenomenal so what led into that decision? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, what happened was Will of the Banshee was supposed to use um, a sample by um, I can't I can't remember the the band right now, but uh, I like this sample from this old Seattle like doom uh, metal band. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, one of Sun O's old bands. Oh, um, is it um, Goat Snake or Engine Kid? I think it's Thor's hammer or something. Oh like that. yes, yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Not the, not the, not the neo-Nazi Thor's hammer. <laughs> Good clarification. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I just gonna gonna put it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I I like the way that sounded, and I I borrowed from Troll, and you know it, it was it was it had that Troll sample there, and I was like, all right, this is good, and then uh. We made a lie here and recorded a lie here. And the day when I was going to record Will of the Banshee, not the day, but the, the day before, actually, when I was going to record Will of the Banshee, I just listened to it and I was like, I think I don't need the sample. I think I can just like lay down these like guitar VSTs and mm. uh, do this by myself. And so I got my friend surgery head to do all of this uh, kind of like wailing on the song. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, they sent me their takes and they were beautiful. And I think what happened was I was just looking for a way to connect those two tracks together. And that sounded the best way to connect them. And, um, you know, being in the same key is kind of like taking, it's kind of like taking you on uh, this journey, which is drony, scary, and in a dark, dark passage, mm. then you know when a light here comes in, the lights go on from the fire, and it's just like explosion. <laughs> so yeah, it was you know there, there are a few like decisions in which if I was making like a pop record, I probably would wouldn't have done like uh, you know the purpose of pain having it that long. People are like yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't get why you had it that long. It's like, it's supposed to be like hypnotizing and it's supposed mm. to be like a, a mantra. It's supposed to be, you know, hypnotic. And, you know, it, it kind of pulls you for like a journey. It's like, you know, the drums on Will of the Banshee are coming in, but you just don't know when, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it kind of like pulls you along for a bit. And then the drums hit for like Will of the Banshee. And uh, it takes you on this like weird journey because uh, the next track I like here uh, is in a similar space, but the drums are a bit more crazy. So <laughs> I thought it would be like interesting to like take them on this droney thing at first, and then have just have like Ada Rook uh, scream with this like metallic like cyber cyber metal like influence oh. uh, on it. Yeah. That makes me think of the fact when I mean, you mentioned that the guitars are done with VSTs, which gives me such a buzz. Because I think there's... Um, people love amplifiers, right? People love when stuff's recorded live. But I think there's yeah. a real buzz and a harsh energy that you're able to get sometimes with VSTs, which completely trumps something that's live. Because it's like it's going straight into your straight into your brain. It's very serrated. Absolutely. Um, so I guess... The, the the guitars on Ally here are like are like real guitars, but the guitars on one of the Banshee are like VST uh, guitars. Uh -huh. And 
I'm a I'm a big fan of VST guitars myself. I'm a big fan of VSTs in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been using like FL Studio for like uh, a bit, and you know, back in the day when you use a VST, your your best chance was getting it semi like like semi real. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, totally. You, you, you know, it was like, all right, this is a bit close to like the guitar, but somebody <laughs> could actually tell that that's definitely like a VST guitar. Totally. But now it's like hard to discern the difference between um, real sounds and uh, the stuff on the VST because most of the VSTs these days are just like recorded notes like over and over again. Yeah. You know, you also got like your synth-based, you know, VSTs, which which provide like very interesting sounds. And those ones have changed too because the computing power that was there back in the day was not as strong as the computing power that is there now. So you can yeah really produce some like really really good sounds. But um, yeah, VST and it's you know VSTs are just like really great in terms of uh, if I want like a droning guitar. I can just like pick up a VST, like, <laughs> like, like a guitar just drones that like a lot of stuff. I just pick up a VST, like bass guitars as well. You know, VSTs yeah. are good and much cheaper than uh, hiring a session uh, player um, most of the yeah. times. So yeah, I, I really like VSTs. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in VSTs. <laughs> um, and to come back to sequencing as well, you finish with. Burn to Ashes, which really, again, made my ears prick up because I know that Godspeed album really well. I mean, how did you, in fact, how did you come to use that sample? It's such a great choice. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I just got, like, uh, diagnosed with uh, pre-diabetes. And, right. yeah, um, like, that was, like, a few months ago. I'm almost, I'm almost in the clear now. But a few months, like, ago in February, I got diagnosed like pre-diabetes so I was like right at the edge then you know the doctor was like all right you, you gotta start like going for walks and shit like that because it was COVID I wasn't usually like walking uh-huh. but yeah, after, cool. I, I, yeah after he told me that he was, he was like you gotta go for like walks and stuff like that so I I started and you know it was a bit it was a bit of a sad day I know but I was like it was it was so like interesting because I was going for walks while like listening to these albums in my ear. It was very very soothing. I was listening to like Lingua Ignata. Mm. I was listening to um, you know I was listening to like um, the Body, uh, you know, Full of Health and, and Health themselves. Just like listening to all this like harsh music. You know, my Diamond the Gallus. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. And then. Um, What's this? Uh, one, one day I was just like, oh, you know, that Lift Your Skinny Fists album reminds me of home. So I'm just going to put this on. And, uh, you know, it, it brought, up, brought up all of these memories. Then there's that part in Static, you know, where all of like the all that, that guitar section, I was just like, yo. <laughs> I'm in love with this. Like I am in love with this, and you know, I I was like, I don't. I've opened for Godspeed before, but I didn't know they were gonna say yes. So I was like, let me just make a beat around it. So I made a beat around it, and one of like the the hardest decisions I made was um, if I should put the piano on the second verse, if I should plot that out because. Mm. You know, that that song is already amazing. And, you know, you've got all of these talented musicians and I have imposter syndrome by adding like my weird, <laughs> like, you know, piano plot. And, and um, you know, I just did it and it fit into the lyrics. And all I was just hearing was like, burn to ashes. And, um, you know, I liked the way it sounded. I recorded it. It was like the last song I recorded my voice was like almost going. I was just like on the top of my voice, on the top of my, like my lungs. And then, um, you know, it was time to like clear the sample. So I wrote this whole like spiel about, um, it's not even a spiel, I guess. I I wrote this whole like, um, you know, paragraph about how much like the song like means to me and shit like that. And they go back to me like within like a, like a week's like a couple of days and they're like, you know absolutely like we love what you're doing so 
so I was cool. like, yo. <laughs> I was like, yo, that's awesome. And, you know, that was like one way to like, to like really end this project that couldn't like, to me, that was like the best way that I could end it. And um, what's interesting as well is when I had the beat in its initial form, uh, my mixing engineer, Will Owen Bennett, was like, um, do you have the stems? I was like, no, I don't have the stems <laughs> of Godspeed. And, and, <laughs> and he was like, oh, all right. Then he comes back later and he's like, do you think we can get somebody to just like blow up some of the guitar parts? It's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That sounds good. So that's how Michael Go featured on it. Michael Go added some more guitars on it. And right. they were able to like mix it and make it sound so blown up. Um, what do you call this? Um, it, was a, it was a very good experience. And I had somebody say, oh, yeah, you know, I would like prefer if you like manipulated that sample a bit instead of just like looping and adding drums and i was like dude sometimes you sometimes the best sample usage is just you know just leaving the sample as it is just yeah. like layering and leaving the sample as it is and um yeah i was happy with the results of how it came out amazing i mean i love the record i'll include a link in the show notes so people can check it out it's fabulous now Ashanti, let's go on to your three important albums. But before we get to those specifically, I'd like to ask about how you thought about the word important when coming up with your list. Was there a way that you understood important in order to pluck out the three records that you did? Yeah, you know, I think important is much different from favourite. Yeah. You know, I think anything can be a favourite album, but important, important is like a stable Important is something that was monumental just in terms of what it means to you as a person and just like the art and just like in the creation of art. And, uh, you know, there are very different levels of importance, you know, like I mentioned, um, you know, maybe what it means to a person. Also, um, the, the landmark and importance of what it means to just like the genre and the culture uh, around the record, you know, mm. so, you know, for my three records, uh, there's one that uh, is important just from a fan perspective, another one that is important just from the general creation of art itself, and another one that is important in terms of um, how I go about making music. So three layers of importance. Okay, great. All right, I'm excited. So I'll let you pick which order we go in? Which one do you want to talk about first? We can go with um, let's let's start with uh, the the landmark Velvet Rope Rope uh, project. Yeah, Janet Jackson. So, tell me a bit about why this one made the list. This is one of like the greatest records ever created. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's basically the best way I can put it. <laughs> Just like. The, the the variety of the difference in sounds and ideas in the songs and the songwriting is just impeccable. It's, I, when I was young, right, I heard that, like, you know, the Johnny Mitchell sample, right? Mm. And, and, and on, on the Velvet Rope, like the Johnny Mitchell sample, and you know, how the story was like so catchy and you grow up and you know, and you realize that there's a lot of significance behind just that song itself. Um, mm. You know, just like, all right, you've got a song featuring Q-Tip, sung by Janet Jackson, that features a Johnny Mitchell sample. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was created by Jay Diller, but not credited. No, it wasn't. That's what somebody told me. That's unreal. Right? Wow. Right? Right? <laughs> and, you know, just like the amount of the different ideas um, that you get on this record, you have things like empty. Mm. And 
you know, when I was listening to this, I was like, is 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 Sophie like a Janet Jackson fan? Because Right, yeah. Right. Like it's okay to cry, you know. Sounds, sounds like some of the drinks of this. And this for somebody to be like at that level of artistry and not phone it in because Janet Jackson could have gone in there and say, all right, I'm going to give you like 15 tracks, you know, maybe like six ballads here and there. <laughs> and, you know, like six dancers and maybe just like, you know, three, uh, three fluff records and interludes. Like she, she could have done that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's a question of at that point, she already had an amazing catalog because you got the Rhythm Nation project, which is so out there in terms of the different genres that are being mixed together. Mm. Um, so it's like, you know, if I made a Rhythm Nation project, right? I would sit back and be like, I can make whatever record I want. Now. I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. If I can phone it in for the rest of my life, I'm going to do it. <laughs> but she took a step back and she was like, no, like, let's do something weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's do something weird. And, the, you know, the first few songs, the first few songs have got like this weird industrial like synth going on, right? And when you first what hear a, it, a distorted violin solo and yeah, yeah, what's like, going on? Just like weird shit like that, right? Yeah. And, you know, for, for somebody in that space and in that level of famousness to come up with something so, you know, just ridiculous and weird is is one of the reasons why it's, you know it's not it's only just one of the reasons <laughs> of why this is one of the greatest records of all time. Do you remember how you first discovered it? Yeah, yeah. Um, my mom used to play Janet Jackson. All right, my oh, cool. mom used to play Janet Jackson. Um, she used to have like Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson like CDs and stuff like that, and. You know, I was young <laughs> and I was like a Michael fan. Like, first of all, like Michael Jackson scared me for a bit because, <laughs> because he had the thriller video and it used to be on every time. And there's the part at the end where he looks at the camera. Oh, yeah. And just like, <laughs> the, oh. the, it turns into a wolf and the eyes glow, that shit. Yeah. yeah. That used to like scare like the pants off me. <laughs> so, I, I avoided Michael Jackson when I was young. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, when I grew a bit older, I started discovering his joints and I was like, oh, this is like, you know, when I was like 12, 11, I was like, oh, you know, this, this is actually dope, you know? Like, <laughs> like you see videos of like him coming out of the ramp and just standing there for a few minutes and people are like fainting and yeah. I'm like, he hasn't done anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, we also had like Janet Jackson in the house and, you know, I, I liked the fieriness of Michael at that time and just like the performance aspect of it and the catchiness. And, um, you know, I wasn't really into Janet Jackson like that. I was like, oh, it's like slower, uh, more somber, uh, you know, Jackson type music. Then. Mm -hmm. I, I grew a bit like older around 13 then I like 14 then I put the joints on and I was like yo this is fucking crazy <laughs> I was like this is fucking crazy I, I, I like I've been a fan ever since then now like I've grown up and my appreciation just grows so much artistry is in there because I think there are decisions that artists make that you find interest in as a musician, you know? Mm. The whole like Death Grips discography, you know, there are a lot of things that are interesting there, just like uh, as a person who makes music, like, yeah. oh, you, you know, you did not just do that. <laughs> and, um, you know, just having somebody of this uh, stature makes, cause it also satisfies uh, the weird um, intersection of, being commercially viable, very catchy, solid songwriting, and weirdness. Yeah. You don't usually have that. You know, the last time 
that I saw something like that was like uh maybe like a blonde. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So yeah, that's like a fantastic record. And um really blessed to you know actually hear it. Yeah. Here's a question for you. It's seventy five minutes long. Maybe um this is a cynical question coming so quickly off the back of talking about a Godspeed double disc. But the duration, like for a pop record, it's incredibly long. Absolutely. Like you having somebody take those types of like decisions, it goes into just like the mind state that she was in, you know, like, yes, this is like, you know, this is like some real art shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like she's she's probably like, yeah, I'm going in there and doing like some real art shit. Like, like, I don't, like, I don't care. So, you know, very, very, very fantastic. uh, Reckon. My only hope is that her and Spillin work together one day. I think that. Would... <laughs> Do you have a, a a favorite track on this? Favorite track on it? Mm. That's a hard, hard question. That's something like <laughs> something like Joyce like pick from. Probably like the you know probably like empty or like God to the scorn with the the Q tip one. Uh huh. Even like go deep and shit. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I couldn't believe it had together again on it. I, I obviously I know that yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my you god! Know what? You know what's wild is together again was a smash hit. Yeah, huge. Like, like I, I know that from the. I don't know when did this come out. Seven. So I know that pretty much from the age of 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 seven. I was born in nineteen ninety. Oh yeah, me me. I was born in nineteen ninety one. Right. I, nice. I, I know that it's a hit from like six because it used to come on TV every time. Yeah. But even like worst placed on the album. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, yeah, you know, this is doing well, but I'm not going to like piggyback on that. Like you're going to get like this whole like weird album experience. Like we're going to start this with this weird industrial noise. And just like the, 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 the passages and interludes of this album. <laughs> yeah. Like little phone calls and yeah yeah wow yeah, it's, it's fantastic it's fantastic yeah it's so good i think that with together again as well so uh, again it's interesting talking about your sequencing so the sequencing of that and then empty um there's almost yeah. like in empty there's like a vocal phrasing which is so similar to yeah. together again and yet it's like in it couldn't be in a more different context it's almost yeah. teasing you over the fact that the disco beat's gone away and you're yeah, surrounded by, yeah. you know, what feels like a, a Steve Reich piece instead. Um, amazing. It's so the, cool. The different, like, genres that are in this as well. Yeah. It's, 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 it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Shanti, let's go do your second important record now. Which one do we want to go for? Uh, we're going to go Death Grips, The Money Store. All right, nice. Like, cool. Just like pure chaoticness. It's, it's, I think um, Death Grips, The Money Store influences the way I go about making music because that is the perfect example of you telling somebody oh, you, you shouldn't do this, and then being like, watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely, like, what it is. It's like them being like, yeah, all right, we'll watch. And you're like, if, you, if you're, like, into the rules, if you're, like, into the rules, that's probably, like, not the album for you. It's like... <laughs> how much distortion is like too much distortion on this weird <laughs> synth that i'm creating you yeah. know and um yeah our we got an mc our mc is not really like 
rapping audibly most of the times but you know <laughs> he's got like different <laughs> vocal cadences <laughs> and our drummer our drummer's from like this weird like rock band um back in the day and yeah. he plays like a maniac <laughs> like he doesn't leave any space for the mc like how is any of this supposed to work right right yeah and i, I think what got me uh, a lot to this album was I saw a sample breakdown once, and I was like, "Jesus Christ!" Oh, of um, the of money stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking insane. I was, I was like, "You guys sampled the sound of Venus and Serena Williams playing tennis, and it sounds fire, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right?" I didn't even know that's on there. Which track is that on? I've forgotten exactly. I've forgotten exactly which one it was. Well, dig it out. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's, you know, in terms of like coming up with this, um, in in terms of like coming up with this record and how important it is to me, I'm a person also who doesn't really like to follow like the rules in terms of, um, I've been like in spaces where they're like, you know, highly trained musicians. And, um, you know, I do feel like an outsider sometimes at those, uh, at the, at those locations. Uh-huh. I've also been in environments where those rules like go out the window and I feel more inclined to stay in the chaotic groups, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a D&D uh, alignment. You have like the lawful versus the chaotic. I think, you know, I'm more in the chaotic uh, <laughs> chaotic aspect. But, um, you know, it influenced me a lot just in terms of, you know, sky is the limit when it comes to the music that you're composing. Just the confidence that it gave uh, to, you know, people who are producing like me to be able to, you know, pick these interesting samples and try to bend them to your whim. Um, the the songwriting and cadences as well, right? MC, MC Ride has perfect control over whatever he's rapping on, right? Mm-hmm. And that goes into the performance aspect of it as well and the amount of energy that it brings and not being afraid to bring in all of these influences even though something like this has been done before if you're talking about like mia meyer or uh you know any of dalek's records of course even, yeah exactly you know industrial hip-hop is is my favorite genre because you know, there is no limit into what you can do. You know, people like Clipping have, mm. you know, have that one song where <laughs> they sample the alarm clock and everything's <laughs> it's rapping <laughs> over this alarm clock. And, you know, being able just to do that and feeling satisfied in creating art from these rebels is pretty... Uh, interesting and incredible to me and doing it at such a level as death grips did on this project was pretty amazing you know i was gonna ask i mean you mentioned the fact that their whole discography has got so much stuff yeah. <laughs> so much to pay attention to i mean um yeah i think uh the first half of powers that be is probably my yeah. favorite where they just showered it in Björk samples and stuff, but it's fucking dope. So is there a reason that the money store was the one that rose to the top for you out of everything that they've done? Um it's the one that connected the most. Because my first exposure was ex military. Uh-huh. Yeah. And listening to ex military and being like this is fucking crazy, but it just didn't like click and connect yet, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I, I was a fan of uh, industrial like sounds and records and 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 you know heavier stuff, but I I, I guess with the way Death Grips did it was a really perfect combination of all of those elements that I like. Mm-hmm. And you know, the first X Military came out, I was like, yeah, this is this is you know I could see why it's dope, but just didn't connect then. 
you know, the money store did its thing, and I was just like, all right, this is fucking nuts. <laughs> like, I get it now. Yeah. I get it now. This is, <laughs> this is nuts. This is nuts. And, you know, an uh, 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 underrated part of, not even underrated, properly rated part of Dead Grips is um, the way everything syncs up. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're like, listen, listen to that records as like a music maker and like a producer you really really admire that because the drumming is chaotic it is extremely chaotic but yeah. the way everything syncs up is you know fucking incredible so you know this is like a very very important album to me in terms of if if, if i wanted to see if i wanted to show somebody my philosophy of production it would probably be like <laughs> you know everything in the money store absolutely <laughs> Have you seen them play live? I was supposed to, but I got sick. Oh, no. It's okay. They didn't even show up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that was it, wasn't it? They had that spate of shows, (laughs) Um, which I kind of love because it's like, um, as you talk about, they sort of, you know, fly in the face of maybe some consensus over how things should be done yeah. with certain aspects of their production you know like the the, the amount of side chain that's on things so that the whole yeah. thing is like just sucking the whole time but yeah. i like the fact that they were like well if we're gonna be really antagonistic we can't have this band of people who love us who are yeah. completely satisfied with everything we do so yeah let's piss them off too yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh you know if you want to capture the philosophy of like rock stars in general I think uh, in our current decade, Death Grips are like, you know, did capture that philosophy as well. I know in a obnoxious type of way. I mm-hmm. think it's it's kind of like music or anarchy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. and, and, and it fits well because you have people who are, you know, you have people who kind of like adopt an aesthetic, but don't really like stay true to the aesthetic or maybe like the personality and the music doesn't really match um i'm gonna piss a lot of people off but um lady gaga's art pop Uh um i thought that the aesthetic was pretty interesting but the record wasn't weird enough like Mm -hmm. if you know if a charlie xcx did an art pop that would be that would be, you know, it would be some weird shit in there, you know? <laughs> um, so Death Grips, they're just the whole package and, in, 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 you know, just like the philosophies that they bring out there, the aesthetic that they have and, you know, just the music and, 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 and songs that they're able to produce. So it's very, very... And you know what? The, the music industry is such a really commercialized, thing nowadays that you know we need a few death grips around <laughs> yeah <laughs> a band who will just release their record for free uh when they're in the yeah. middle of a contract right <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely uh, incredible. do you incredible. have a favorite track on this one uh fever nice hustle, hustle bonds get god get god i love it because you don't usually like hear like ride rap like that. Sometimes. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, way, the way he gets on it, the flow is just like all right. He's all having right, right? such a good time. Like I, I love yeah. the way he sounds like someone who just likes the way that words feel in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Ride was spitting like the <laughs> guy, just a little bit, and then the puppet, and the fucking black, and, and the fucking. Oh, I love this record. I love this record. I'm still alive, up in smoke, moon is low. As you know, say I'm dead. this, know what this is. But do you know? Yeah, in my head, they hot lock popping off the fucking flat. Now clock and wrist, watch me top off fly inside that watch and fix Shanti, let's go on to your final important record. So, what have we got? Um, we got Danny Bound, Atrocity Exhibition, the greatest record ever created. 
<laughs> yeah, so unpack that for me a little bit. Okay, so um, this record is important to me because it captures um, a, an element of myself in which is being comfortable with your vulnerability. I feel like that's a very important thing. Hmm. And uh, I feel like a lot of people have tried to capture the idea of a downward spiral, but this is one of the best ways it's been executed. It's, um, you know, captures you from a bit of a rise all the way down to the fall, and the fall is like right in hell. Right. And the the duality of having these really, really, really dark topics over this weird manic production with Danny Brown's delivery, right? Mm. Danny Brown's delivery is also eccentric, right? Yeah. And in a in a in a weird way, it's also joyful. In a weird way, it also sounds a bit joyful because it's high pitched. Yeah. But the way everything comes together makes a very, very harrowing and hellish and horror-filled record. You know, for people who are in situations that that Danny was in at the time, and people who could relate uh, to the feelings that Danny was in there and how he was able to capture these emotions because it's capturing emotions is very difficult totally. right when, when people are writing songs they i think i feel like as if they can go about it two ways they can go direct you know just say yo i'm depressed right or they can describe it and capture that moment using other means but still like convey convey what it convey maybe like what they were trying to say if they didn't if they, if they had to say it directly yeah. and um you know sequencing of the album is perfect production of the album is perfect songwriting perfect delivery perfect you know everything <laughs> is just like incredible and it's like a once in a decade uh type of album to me and 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 you know the experimentation that goes on on that as well when i when i first he heard um pneumonia mm. i was like all right you know this is this is this is fucking wild you know this is this is amazing and i, I was expecting like the next single to be like that and then uh Ain't It Funny oh came my out, God. you know? He, okay, so, so Danny Brown is rapping on something that sounds like an Adam West, Adam West soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. And, and it's one of the darkest songs on, oh, on, on, on the album, right? I'm like, wait, 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 listen, listen, pack this. This guy, <laughs> this guy, right? With the with the very eccentric, you know, delivery, is rapping on something that sounds like it came from the Batman soundtrack with this <laughs> drums over, like nineteen sixties Batman soundtrack. Yeah. But it's one it's one of the greatest songs like you've ever heard in your life. Just like that, that the the, the types of decisions that were made on this on this album are fucking. A fucking like phenomenal then you go back to like when it rains right mm. when it rains takes in elements of detroit techno and when it does that the drums are kind of like speedy and would kind of uh, lend themselves more to like a detroit techno uh type song and not many not many people would rap over you know, that, that pace and that right. type of, you know, energy and momentum, but Danny fucking kills it. <laughs> fucking kills it. Like, absolutely destroys it. And, you know, the path that they take you on, you know, um, 
when we're talking about just like the different elements that this record brings, if you're talking about like gone, uh, I got I got two bricks, you know, I got I'm like Kubrick with two bricks and holes. It's like it's like it's like it's it's incredible. I think Danny was definitely like in the zone zone. Oh yeah. And, you know, that's there's always a debate over which one's better between uh, you know, you know, 30 and this one, but this one takes the cake for me. It's um it's it's hellish, it's harrowing, and philosophy of my songwriting is is probably in this whole project. And just like it's helped me through through a lot in, in terms of when I'm feeling uh, down, you know, it's a downward spiral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I it out now. Just like absolutely, like incredible, wonderful record. Yeah, it's so interesting you mentioned. So, so I listened to this record. I think probably like two, three years back, someone recommended it to me, and I, I, I listened to it, and I had one song scorched into my head, which I knew I was going to hear when I revisited this. I couldn't remember the title, but it turned out to be White Lines with that. Oh! Oh, yeah yeah weirdest thing like it kind of it creeps me out a bit the, the, the way he's dancing with that glittery synth it's eerie it's there are a lot of like unsettling parts in, in this one mm. i remember i can't remember the title but it's like smoke so much i drink it, it kind of sounds like the beginning kind of sounds circusy. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and the drums hit. And I'm like, yo, this is fucking grimy. You know, I put shit like dance in the water. It's 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 just yeah. and, and, and 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 it's like rolling like tell me what I don't know right now. It's just, just like so many awesome moments on this. It rhymes, it runs for a perfect length. And the sequencing is just incredible. Yeah. I mean, the way it starts as well is within two seconds, he's off. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a bold move as well. Like, there's yeah. no intro at all. Yeah. He can't wait. <laughs> it's like one it's of good. the greatest. One of the greatest. <laughs> um, have you seen him live? Uh, no, I was... Go- <sighs> I was going to see him in Montreal uh, when he came with Ash Nico, uh-huh. but um, I just couldn't get a ticket. Everything was sold out like as soon as it was announced. But one day, yeah, one day I would I would love that. He's like my favorite rapper. He kind of reminds me of like I have. I, I think there are spaces of like left field uh, rap deliveries. And he he kind of paints me as somebody who's like in that left field. Even like, um, you know, I'll put like an ODB in that, like a uh-huh. early early Buster Rhymes. I'll put them in that. Yeah. Um, There's just like some people who are able to bend their voices um, and cadences the way they want them, and you know. There's a lot to learn from that record. Uh, it's just a uh, mastery and uh, and record creation. I mean, as you've said, you see this as a perfect record. And I, I saw in an interview, actually, that you mentioned that this was maybe last year, I think, that you're still trying to make your perfect record. Do you yeah. feel like that you've done it yet? No, not yet. <laughs> Absolutely not. I think there's still, like, things uh, that I can improve on. But... um. You know, I think for people that make, for anyone who creates art, I think you continue chasing that perfectness mm. and it might, it might never come. I think, I think the best way to go about it is don't go about it trying to create the perfect record, but just go about it trying to create what you want. This is, 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 is what I'm, is what I'm thinking. Cause that. I don't want to chase that perfect record. I think that's a dangerous road to go entirely. Remember, come to a black court, the metaphors, the flow. 
boots in the cockpit. Locks made of hip hop, appraisal that wristwatch. The rocks bought the size of the team of Chris Rock's mouth. Suck out the mic, prototype for Adderall. You're worth killing beans because you cut it with fit now. So much coat, just a sniff, need a ski lift. Shanti, one more question for you, which is if you want to really listen to a record and soak it up as much as you can it could be one of these records or just something else you like do you have a favorite means of doing that a favorite place a circumstance environment where do you go to really listen to stuff anywhere that i can put my headphones on or a loudspeaker is, is pretty good but i like the headphones because the headphones uh gives you so many different elements that you might miss you know mm-hmm. so many tricks that people might use like you know, just weird shit like the way the the hi hats pan. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I, I I do like I do like the headphones. Um, you know, maybe even just like putting putting the headphones on and going for a walk is is, is pretty good. Well, Shanti, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I've had the best time over the past few days with these records, so it's been a heaps of fun for me as well. And um, yeah, to everyone listening, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you.